Barbara Kendall really is a national icon. She's competed in five Olympic Games, winning every colour medal, starting with gold in Barcelona in 92. She also won 11, count them, 11 World Championship medals, 25 national championships during her athletic career in international windsurfing. She's remained heavily involved in the Olympic movement with roles on many different international commissions. Currently, she's Vice President of the International Surfing Federation and a member on the IOC's Women in Sport Commission. She became a New Zealand Olympic Committee order holder in 2016 and 2018 was made a companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for her services to sport leadership. That is some kind of resume. It is a pleasure to welcome Barbara Kendall for Six and a Song. Hi, Barbara. Hi, nice to be here. It kind of doesn't really sound like me. It's so weird when people read out what you've done. You go, really? Did I do that? I, I had to leave bits out. <laughs> you did too. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have actually gotten the time to interview you. got so many accolades. Yeah. I hope one day my accolades look like that. <laughs> I've left my run late. <laughs> Barbara, was there always a love of the ocean within your family? Yeah, absolutely. So I, we pretty much grew up on the ocean. I was sailing from the age of 10 days old with my mum and dad in their boat. And my mum and dad were passionate sailors. That's how they met at a sailing regatta. Um, and then, you know, my dad was building boats um, back in Otahu in the creeks of Otahu out of, um, you know, tin. So yeah. he'd get on the water. So, mm. yes, it's been sort of really passed on from my parents, my grandparents, my parents. And then, you know, Gee. I've passed it on to my girls as well. So definitely. Gee. And let's not forget your brother, Bruce. Uh, so was there a competitive rival rivalry with you and him on the water? Um, no, not really. He, um, because he was because he's a male and I'm a female, and we compete in different divisions. Um. Um, and there was always prizes for the males and the females. We, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't a big rivalry. I probably had more of a rivalry with my sister, who was in the same class as I was. Right. Um, but Bruce was, yeah, he didn't like me beating him, and I only ever beat him in one race. So. <laughs> <laughs> there probably I'm, was, but I didn't really think about it. I'm always intrigued with athletes, that are at your elite level, you know, and you did it for so long with so much success. Can you tell us about the transition when you just became Barbara Kendall? I mean, I, I say just became, of course, the legacy lives on, but was it a difficult transition being so competitive to just being a mum and a wife, et cetera, and a worker, but, but not on the water? Uh, well, I didn't actually retire. I stopped competing in 2008, um, mm. officially in 2010. And I knew I was done. So I'd been 25 years of just being an athlete, 24-7, pushing yourself, training, always thinking, 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 organizing, strategizing. Um, and it was this continuous battle, you know, mm. not a battle. To be, in the end, it was a bit of a battle because I had two kids in tow and still trying to compete against 20-year-olds. Yeah. So by the time I retired, I was just like, oh, thank God, that's over. <laughs> yeah. And I had lots and lots and lots of balls in the air of different roles and different hats and different things that I was doing. So when I retired, it was just like a relief that I had more time to do things that I was passionate about. But if I'd done it earlier on in life, I think I would have been, and it would have been a lot more difficult because mm. sport is an amazing um, vehicle. It really ticks all your boxes. You know, you, you love what you do. You're really good at it. Um, you're giving a gift back to the world, you know, by, by being a role model inspiration and, and you're getting paid for it. So, you know, everything's being ticked and you feel really good about what you're doing. So when you retire from sport, you go, mm. oh, shit, now what am I good at? <laughs> what I really love and how am I going to keep making an impact and how the heck am I going to get paid? Yeah, yeah. Well, so you, you, if you, you figure that out, you're good. You've, you've been part of, obviously, board sailing and windsurfing. Um, but you also have been a, an integral part of surfing's 
inclusion in the Olympics. It must have been really cool to see its debut at these games. Yes. Um, so I joined as the vice president of the International Service Association back in 2014. Um, the leader, Fernando Aguera, he is one of the most passionate um, driving forces of nature, and um, and he find and he just pursued it for thirty years relentlessly. And because I was inside the International Olympic Committee at the time, and it's a very hard organisation to navigate, I said to him, "Look, if you want a hand, I love surfing. This is my, you know, my go-to sport nowadays. Um, I'll give you a hand because I know all the characters and the people that we've got to get on board, and we've got to, you know, all that sort of stuff." So I came on board then, and so that was it. Was amazing to see it you know, um, come come alive on in, in Tokyo and to see those great waves that they had, even though it was heinous. It was, <laughs> you know, they had waves and they put on an incredible show. Yeah. And I didn't get anything done that day, in the day of the finals. It was uh, just like, that was it. Barbara, can you just touch quickly on mental health for athletes? Because you've been at the coalface. You're a gold medalist, a silver medalist, a bronze medalist. You know, I, we were talking yesterday about Simone Biles. And, um, and the mental health struggles, and of course Naomi Osaka. You know, you must have had the weight of the world on your shoulders, particularly in a sport-mad country like New Zealand. Did your mental health ever get to a point where you thought, I can't compete? Um, it was different then. I think it was a little bit different because right nowadays it's amplified. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with all the social media and the way that the media is now, um, young people's lives are amplified with what's going on in that space, and it's not going to stop. So we have to come up with solutions of how to um, manage that sort of stuff. I, I actually probably, the biggest indicator was after Barcelona and I became a gold medalist and my life did change and then you either sink or swim and I swam as hard as I could. But when I got to Atlanta becoming the flag bearer, being the reigning champion, um, there was, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm. We were separated a bit out of the village there because we were in Savannah, which is about an hour's flight from Atlanta. But I did feel it, and it actually manifested in my body with my arms pumping up really badly in 96 where I couldn't even hang on to the boom. Right. And that was through stress and expectation that I've been putting on myself. Mm. So, so yes, it manifests in all sorts of different ways. So I can totally understand Simone Biles, you know, it's manifesting at the fact that she gets up in the air and all of a sudden her brain goes... Mm haywire and she's out of the moment she's out of the Mm. flow she's out of zone and you know it's a dangerous place to be so yeah i can totally understand it um and i feel you know these young people it's amplified with what's going on very good hey barbara bring us back to barcelona where you won the gold medal at the olympics uh and you've also won silver and bronze where are those medals (laughs) well i used to keep them just randomly in a drawer I don't even remember where I used to keep them, but then we had just about, our house just about burnt down um, back in 2010, and I thought, I can't really replace these. They kind of are priceless, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got a, got a fireproof safe that's in the house now that, that they stay in, but during this time of the year with everything that's going on, they actually live in my car because I'm going to lots of schools and different things cool. at the moment, and uh. so they sort of get handed around a little bit at this time of the year. Are they heavy? Yeah, they are quite heavy, actually. Um, the Barcelona one was a great one to win because it was the first time in, in history that they put real gold in, on the medals. Really? So on the front part of it is like a 24-karat gold, but on the back part it's just a silver with a gold plating and all the gold's worn off because it's been handled so many times. Oh, I nice. bet you got home and bit it just to test, didn't you, Barbara? <laughs> <laughs> News Talk ZB, we are joined by one of this country's finest ever athletes, Barbara Kendall, for Six and a Song. So who is the living person you most admire? 
Well, you know, it's very cliche, but I'm actually going to say my mum. I would say Sir Edmund Hillary, but mm. I'm going to tell my mum because she's still living and oh. she just survived breast cancer. Oh, so right yay. now she's my hero. Absolutely. Well, apart from that, what's the best present that you've received? Um, I actually got a harness from my, harna- uh, from my husband, who was my boyfriend back then, and it was the first real big gift that anybody had ever given me. And a harness is a windsurfing harness yeah. that you wear when you're windsurfing. Mm. And um, I'd never had one up until then that was my own because I'd stolen Bruce's. <laughs> so it was quite a, quite a big moment. And maybe that clinched me saying yes when he asked me to marry him. Oh, That's a great yeah. story. What's your husband's name? Shane. Shane. It's not the most romantic gift in the world, no. can I say. <laughs> what did you get for your darling fiancé? Oh, a harness? Yeah, I know. Um, That's how we roll. And blinkers for the horse. (laughs) Hey, Barbara, I mean, it could happen one day. You've been so successful. If there was a movie made about your life, and it seems to be the thing for well-known athletes, who would you like to play you in a movie about you? Um, Well, I like, I know, and she's a bit controversial and maybe naughty at times, but I quite like Cameron Diaz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Because she surfs as well, so, you know. Yeah. True. Good job. Okay. You've talked about the the, uh, person you most admire. Who's the person who's most inspired you? Gosh, that one I'm going to have to come back to. So if you maybe ask me the next one, and I'll yeah. come back to okay. that one. Okay, so there is a next one. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, truth always prevails. Oh, nice. So, I like that. you know, telling the truth mm. will always set you free, and that has been just the most valuable piece of, especially working within the IOC and the political world of what happens there. Mm. And when you tell the truth, um, even if people don't agree with you, it comes around and you'll always come out on top at the end because you've been in your truth. Yeah. I'll just put an addendum on that. And the best thing about telling the, the truth is you don't have to remember anything. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Apart from me, who is the most inspiring person you've met? I'm asking again. Okay, I would have to say at the moment, I would have to say Fernando Aguera, who is the um, president of the ISA. Mm-hmm. And knowing that he um, he did it all voluntary for 30 years what? for the Surfing Federation. He didn't, didn't get paid a cent by the Surfing Federation because, I, I mean, I volunteer as well. Um, and 30 years he pursued relentlessly to get surfing into the Olympic Games. Very good. Man. If you could invite three people to dinner, who would they be? Any three people, but they have to be living. Yeah, Dalai Lama. Oh, because right. I, I just really, you know, that whole thing of getting into the zone and, mm. and getting into flow and and being your best self um, internally because the external will just follow and it's just an energetic thing and I love that sixth sense. I've always been into that. Mm. Um, Jamie Oliver because I'm a very, very bad cook. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's actually quite funny and practical. Yeah. And then Jack Johnson because he's actually my favourite artist um, oh. outside what we're going to play soon, but um, Jack Johnson has, just brings back so much great memories. He's a surfer. Yes. Um, his concert was just fantastic, and we love his music. Barbara, before you go, I've got to say, you sound younger than you did back in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably because I'm not competing anymore, and I'm just <laughs> living life and being stuck in New Zealand now for two years, yeah. you know, not being able to go anywhere, and I'm chilled. Were you, nice. a ba- were you ever a bad loser? Yes. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, I was a bit of a grumpy bum. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We've loved chatting with you, Barbara. <laughs> you, you're inspirational, very. And um, it's great to see you've got still so many contacts yeah. within the sport. And good on you for everything you've achieved. Can we just ask you one more favour? What song would you like to play and why have you chosen this, please? Well, it's, it's a 660 song because I am definitely a New Zealand music fan. Mm-hmm. And it's Don't Forget Your Roots because 
this song, every time it plays and you're overseas and, and you know, it goes into my airport, if I'm at the gym or something, I'm just going, yeah, man, I'm so proud to be a Kiwi. Mm. I'm so proud to have come from, the, you know, the family that I've come from, my mum and dad, my brothers and sisters, and not only that, just all my friends that are around, you know, you're whanau. Mm. And I feel very, very connected to New Zealand. So, um, And when you get on a very a world stage, an international stage, it really sets us apart. Stop it. You're giving me goosebumps and you you are inspiring me, Barbara Kendall. Thanks, Barbara. You're welcome. Go well.